welcome to the second episode of Jerry Talks. I'm really honored to have today with me Fred, well, the two Freds, um, Fred Moremi, uh, managing partner of Centum Capital, and Fred Cambo, uh, principal at Zoscals. Do you say Zoscales? Zoscales, yeah. partners. It's, it's a real honor for me. Both of uh, you I know very well, um, Fred, from you know working together on transactions. Fred number two from London when we were together at university, uh, maybe five years ago. Yes, <laughs> if you insist. So I'm really happy like. that you guys have chosen to, to come on the podcast and I'm really um, glad that you're here and I hope that we have a really good session. So today we're going to be talking about uh, private equity. Um, it's a specialization of mine uh, and you guys are the experts, you guys are the clients, you guys are the ones who know exactly what's going on and we can only service uh, and give you what you want in that space. So if we can learn anything from this, it will be how private equity works and what we should really as lawyers be focusing on um, to deliver to our clients. So we want to get to know you as well. Um, there is no information on either of the two threads online, um, aside from very minimal <laughs> uh, uh, information. So I'm going to do three quick fire questions each, okay. um, and then you guys can um, can answer them. So let's start. I mean, two threads is confusing. So we'll stick with Moremi. That that Moremi. works for me. And we'll stick with Fred. we'll stick with Fred. Uh, so you're the managing partner. Describe your job. What do you do every day? What's a managing partner's job? Okay, thanks, thanks, Jerry. It's a pleasure to be on the show, and uh, with with uh, Fred Campbell, uh, who we're just recollecting that we were workmates about uh, ten years back, yeah, perhaps yeah, something like ten years. For, okay. but, but only for a few weeks. <laughs> I, I think he Before came. He came in, found me. No, he came in, found me, and left. Okay. I, I, I think I was too much for him. I was promised it was legal. <laughs> we were not doing anything illegal. Okay. Sounds a bit dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So my my job uh, typical day is uh, full of meetings so we are invested in several companies mm -hmm. and uh, each of them between formal board meetings informal meetings with management meetings with my team because we are always looking at opportunities mm -hmm. to invest in mm -hmm. so there are lots of analysis um, the whole business of investing is about trying to predict the future yes um, and no one is right about what the future is yeah uh, i could have my thoughts about my teammates and what i think they are definitely missing uh, but no one is right okay. about about the future mm -hmm. so it's always lots of discussions lots of meetings planning uh, Restrategizing, checking the portfolio, uh, checking the portfolio companies. Uh, 2020 has been particularly interesting mm -hmm. because everything we had uh, planned for did not happen. Yeah, yeah. How, uh, how are you managing that? Yeah, so it's interesting. So for quite a number of portfolio companies, the first thing that we thought about is how much cash do we have to run through for the rest uh, of the year for the for the pandemic. Okay. Mm -hmm. For the pandemic. First, it which, was just the pandemic. Which, how, how are you so estimating that? In March, uh, of course, the thought was uh, we've been locked down by the government for three weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, many thought after three weeks, then Corona will be done and we'll be back. <laughs> Naively. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided to spend a little time just doing a bit of research on viral pandemics. Okay. And uh, in the history of viral pandemics, at least the last hundred years from the Spanish flu, yeah. there have been seven viral pandemics. Okay, wow, okay. Okay. Of the seven, four have been in the last 20 years. Wow, okay. 
This meaning, is, these are things I don't even know. So, <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Meaning that it's not new mm-hmm. to get a viral pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's definitely happening is that they are coming with increasing regularity. Okay. Uh, between uh, there's the, the first SARS, uh, bad flu, Asian yeah. flu, and the like. Yeah. So now we should be budgeting that once every five years. Wow, okay. We'll go through some viral pandemic. I mean, this is the reason why we're doing this podcast. This is something that no one... Has <laughs> to avoid anyone... pandemic? No, to, to planning. That's an excellent yeah. observation. Yes, okay. yes. Yeah. So they say, unfortunately, mm-hmm. one of the things we learn from history that we never learn from history. And it repeats itself and we never learn. Yes, so mm-hmm. I decided to take a, a lesson from history. So viral wow. pandemics have been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, seven in the last 100 years, of which four have been the last 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was one. So after we get through uh, COVID, COVID. Mm-hmm. there'll be another one. Maybe 2023, 2024, yeah. Mm-hmm. The second thing was, uh, of those viral, seven viral pandemics, the one that was with us for the shortest was 14 months. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I looked like a madman saying the soonest we'll be out of COVID months. was April 2021. Okay. This Perfectly was in, in March. That's reasonable. Uh, yes. But okay. in March, it mm-hmm. sounded like... Too long. Too long. Mm-hmm. At most, we, it mm-hmm. was a three weeks lockdown. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's, get ex- it's extended by another few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then now the question came up, so do our businesses have the cash, cash mm-hmm. to survive through mm-hmm. at least 12 months. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so you can imagine all the calculations. People are trying to project revenue. This is the revenue. These are the profits you're going to make. So we'll be left with so much cash. You question, will we actually have the revenue? Yeah. Uh, the expenses are there. Yeah. Uh, in some cases, painful decisions had to be made yeah. about reducing costs. So you made those decisions very early on? We had to make those decisions very early okay. because every day that we continued carrying unnecessary costs, Yeah was a day that threatened the viability of the business. Yeah. Yeah. And so thankfully, across the different portfolio companies, we've managed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, none has run out of cash. I mean, that's that's really good. Yeah. I mean, Marami, that's why you're in your job, I guess. <laughs> Tell us more. Okay, so in fact, going on to the next quick fire question, and this wasn't a quick fire question, okay. but thank you for that answer. Uh, I looked at your qualifications, and you have everything on the book except for a PhD. So anything else that you're planning? <laughs> Um, so for now, uh, I think I've got sufficient enough qualifications <laughs> to do my job. Yeah. Um, if I need any more qualifications, the, if, if there's anything I'm not able to do at the current job, it's not because of lack of qualifications. No, it's I not. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe something more internal. So um, I guess. I mean, you have a wealth of experience, and I think w- what we need to know is, is it, is it the learning or is it the experience that counts? Is it something that you would have known, you know, like how to manage the, the pandemic or even doing that kind of research? Yeah. Is it strictly, um, you know, innate in you okay. or is it something that, you, you know, the, the learning has taught you? Yeah. Okay. So for me, I've always liked to read mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. In fact, maybe uh, because growing up, my, my dad had a bookshop. He ran a bookshop. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd spend my weekends, holidays in the bookshop. Amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Which gave me two things. One, it gave me the desire to make money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually. But two, because there are lots of periods of lull, then yeah. I just picked up reading. Yeah. So I like to read a lot. So I even see. when this pandemic struck, the first thing was, okay, well, I need to read 
that's that's about such pandemics. a good i mean you've given us gems already which we can take away yeah. so thank you for that i know that you're also a runner don't know how mm-hmm. quick you are but you're definitely quicker <laughs> than me because when i saw you the last time we were the i was entering the stadium you were coming out at the beyond zero marathon uh-huh. so i know that you do that as a hobby um why running and what other hobbies do you have okay so um yeah so running is one of my hobbies i picked it up about five years ago uh, then when I started, I could barely run two kilometers non-stop. <laughs> yeah. And when I first did, I told my friend, I've run two and a half kilometers Amazing. non-stop. And he told me, and he laughed long and told me, please, in the world of running, don't even mention. Two kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that irritated me a bit. Mm-hmm. So I just began increasing. And when you start running, it's yeah. an achievement for you to run without having to stop, for even for 2K. Yes. That's a lot. Exactly. <laughs> so, so part of it was um, health reasons. Um, health reasons was one, uh, but also just I, I do most of my running in forests. I like a Karura yeah. forest, so mm-hmm. just that free air. Yeah, it helps with the distressing a lot. And a lot of thinking that you can do as uh, well. A lot of processing. Yeah, uh, goes on on those <laughs> runs. And uh, yeah, so uh, I quickly picked up, uh, did my first two two and a half kilometers. Yeah. did five, uh, then did ten kilometers, then did. 15. Yeah. So you're doing 21. 21. Now. Wow. Okay. Then I moved to 30. Okay. Wow. Uh, then now I'm doing 42. So I've done 42 wow. kilometers thrice this year. Wow. Yeah. How, what's the timing on that? Uh, we can we skip that. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, so, yeah. even doing, for, for me doing a 5k in half, because you know I did the, the there's a step plan you can do for yes. 5k, yeah. and I can do that in half an hour. Yes. I cannot imagine running yeah. for longer than two hours. Yeah. That's way. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just something I just kept pushing myself. Um, so um, the first 42k run was last year, uh, last year November. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I ran that. It took me five hours 36 minutes. Wow. I mean that's that amazing. That was a pace of seven minutes 50 sec- 56 seconds per kilometer. That is amazing. Uh, so this last one, this a year later, mm-hmm. uh, I managed to cut a minute okay. of my pace. And are you still so, going? Uh, yeah, so so you'll do ultra marathons. Are you going to do that? I don't know yet. Seven marathons in seven you, continents. Yeah, seven and are you days. going to like Berlin, <laughs> London, York, all of that? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. For now, it was just mm-hmm. let's see how far I can go. So, uh, do you have time to do anything else aside from the running and the <laughs> obvious reading and the work? Um, so the before yeah. uh, my other hobby that I'd picked up a while back was golf. Okay. Uh, but because of just the amount of time it takes, I could hardly do it. So I was a public holiday golfer. <laughs> uh, thanks to Corona, it's helped me manage my time a bit. So yeah. now I can at least do it once a week. That's nice. But any golfer will tell you that that is just not enough. Not enough. I think golfers are, are, are very passionate about the sport. And yes. Constantly looking to hit the green. Yeah, exactly. Let's go. Do you play golf? No, I don't okay. play golf. I stick to the running and the tennis. That's, yeah. That's yeah. But Fred, I know that you play polo. When yes. we say wow. polo, does anyone? Actually, That's no. so exotic. <laughs> I know. First of all, it's a very it's rich man's sport. Yeah. Uh, Prince Harry and Prince William are known to play that kind of... So can you tell us how you got into it? So I'm obsessed about uh, competitive sports. So for a long time, I played basketball uh, to a high level for, I want to say, 20 years or so. Mm. Wow. Um, but there's a, in a sport like basketball, a time comes when you just can't compete. Um, knees gone, ankles gone. Younger, stronger. Younger, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so I was just getting really frustrated mm-hmm. uh, that I really couldn't compete uh, the way I wanted to. 
and I was complaining to a friend of mine who I used to play basketball with, who now plays polo. Okay. Um, and he said, you know, you should really consider polo because mm. it's really competitive. It's a team sport, which I, uh, I would like. And you can compete to really, really uh, mature, let's call it a mature age, um, <laughs> competitively. Yeah. So, for example, uh, at the Kenya Polo Association, you have people who are still playing in the 80s. Oh, wow. Um, you have okay. people playing in the 70s and competing, wow. properly competing. Okay. So, for me, you know, something clicked and I said, okay, this is something I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so that's how I started. So, I took a year to learn how to ride because that's the most important thing. Then, once I learned how to ride... I went all in. Mm. It's just occurred to me that none of my hobbies are team sports. <laughs> that's true. I, well, I wonder what that says, says a lot about, about you. Me. <laughs> I, I think it's a, it's a comp- self-competition because even I don't like running necessarily in you know these marathons and etc. Because yeah. I feel like I'm being left behind. Whereas yeah. when you're mm. doing it yourself, you're yeah. competing against yourself and you know training yourself. But maybe that's a lawyer thing as well. <laughs> Um, so, Fred, I know that you also went to Nottingham Law School. You went mm-hmm. to law school. So mm-hmm. all of us are lawyers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but you decided not to go into, um, you know, the formal yeah. um, tr- uh, practicing route. Um, why? At the risk of offending the lawyers in, in the room. <laughs> and there's many of us. <laughs> and, and, and there are many. Yeah. What, what do you call a collection of lawyers? Is it a... A school. A shark-infested pool of lawyers? <laughs> anyway. Um, an education. <laughs> an education of lawyers? A congress? I don't congress. know. Anyway. You know, like, Maremia, I always was reading when I was growing up. Um, I was also very lucky in the sense that my parents were big readers, so the house was always full of books. So I was always reading, and it became one of those things where if you're always reading, people then tell you you should be a lawyer. A lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. The other side to this is very young, and I don't know how this ended up happening, but very young, I found this book, Barbarians at the Gate, um, about you KKR. Yes, yes you know I, I read it, but, but yeah. when I was much older. You'd have to so I read it when I was something yeah. like 12 years old. It's wow. about KKR taking over Nabisco, okay. a big biscuit manufacturer in the States. Okay. I have no idea why, why it was in the house, but mm-hmm. it was there. It was my mom's, and my mom has very little interest in corporate business or anything like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. I said, wow. This is what I want to do. Okay. I want to be an MA and blah, blah, blah. So even when I went to law school, it was with the idea of becoming an MA. So you knew already? Lawyer. I knew. Well, that's I had amazing. an idea, that's what I wanted to I do. I went to law school thinking it was all going to be a humanitarian, <laughs> uh, human rights law. <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> yeah. Wow, capitalist. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's why I went to law school. It was to learn how okay. to be an MA lawyer. Um, then during uh, law school, I took a year and did an uh, internship. Um, and this is where I'm going to offend everyone. <laughs> I quickly realized that when you start, you do very little of that deal making. Of course. Very, no, very. You're just, you do photocopy. You do a lot of photocopying and that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know what? This is not for me. So I looked around. I still wanted to be in the deal world. And I thought, ah, perhaps investment banking is, <laughs> is, is the way. Yeah. So as soon as I finished my law degree, I went to business school, mm-hmm. uh, still at Nottingham. Yeah. Um, and now the idea was, once I finish business school, I'm going to go into this uh, banking story. So that's yeah. that's how that happened. And I think, I mean, knowing you from London, you were always one of the most sharply dressed students <laughs> <laughs> that, that were around. So was, you were already, maybe you were already in the city. Really, he did. I was sharply yeah. dressed today for those <laughs> listening to us. <laughs> I mean, I was hoping you'd say I was one of the sharpest people, but okay, <laughs> no, talk Fred, about we dressing. Were not, we were not meeting. We were, we were meeting in. in 
informal places. Not, this is true. Not, this is true. Not um, in the business setting. Um, speaking of books, I know that you're a board member of BookBank. Um, so actually, I was going to ask you about books. So it's good that you brought it up yourself. So yeah. what, you're on a desert island. What book would you take with you? Oof. Not Barbarians at the Gate. No, that's a good question. Um, it would be something from Stephen Fry. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's, he's like, such an amazing dry writer. Wit. Yeah, dry wit, but also very, very intelligent, yeah. very erudite, knows a lot about a lot of things. So right now I'm reading a book of his uh, based on Greek mythology. Wow, so okay. he's retold the Greek mythological stories. But in a... Uh, in a contemporary... And I think that's cool. Uh, that's funny cool. way. So yeah. It would Actually, be when like I was drafting Stephen the Fry. questions, I'd asked that question to Maremi. And then now it seems very apt. <laughs> I didn't even know that your parents owned a bookshop. So what book would you take? Uh, one book. Stranded yeah. on an island. Yeah. The Bible. <laughs> Too great for you to get out. Yeah, you know... Yeah. <laughs> The only hope, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, because that's quite informal. And I also wanted to, you know, people need to know and see a side of, you know, there's a professional side and obviously there's an informal side all of us have. But tell us about your experiences um, at work. What is the highest high and the lowest low that you've experienced? Because I think people need to see that we're also human. We, we're not just <laughs> successful uh, transactional yeah. <laughs> lawyers. Yeah. So Fred, why don't you start? Um, whew, that's a good question. The highest high. The highest high. At work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highest high at work, it's a strange one. Um, so I want to say four or three years ago, we had an intern uh, visiting from uh, Pakistan. This is at a, f- a firm I was with before, before okay. I went to Zoskalis. Mm-hmm. And she spent a year with us. Really, really smart uh, girl, lady. Um, really hardworking, um, really good with people. But anyway, when she left, she wrote me this four-page letter um, just saying how much she enjoyed spending with us Mm -hmm. um, and how much she enjoyed working with me and that she really enjoyed that I mentored her and took time with her. At no point did I ever think I was mentoring. I I just thought we were doing our job. So for me, yeah, that was a big deal. That's really Uh, nice. Yeah, it was very, very nice. I think people, you don't realize the impact that you have on people. You don't. Until after. And so it's always important to to, to bear that in mind, Mm. whoever you meet. Mm. Murami? Wow. Fred sounds so... (laughs) Human. 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 <laughs> it sounds nice. Unlike this marathon robot. <laughs> Psycho. <laughs> or I will not sound human. Uh, <laughs> but it's really, I think the world of private equity is about supporting businesses. Mm. Um, and uh, I think one of the highest highs is uh, when we got, in one of the businesses we're invested in, um, and we on this consolidation, merger, rationalizing investments, ETC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we then, they had a very successful year. And that year, there was a bonus issued to the staff then of 200 million shillings. Wow, wow. okay. Uh, these are guys who would not seen bonuses of, of, of that kind. Of before. that kind, yeah. Mm-hmm. But just seeing the appreciation yeah. in their faces of your plan worked. It ended yeah. and, successful. And it's been yeah. successful and it's yeah. touching us mm-hmm. fine materially. Yeah. But I think that's also important. I think the, the, the thing about um, MA and transactions yeah. is that really the aim is to improve whatever business you're entering into. Correct. And if you can do that, and yeah. if the measure is successful, yeah. it's always a reward. Exactly. So I, I, I appreciate that because you're actually improving not only people's lives, but um, the economy in general. Correct. So there isn't just the, the shock infested <laughs> water that people think about. But thank you yes. for that. And what's the low, uh, Fred? It'll come as no surprise uh, 
that well the law is this explosion of a branch mm-hmm. you know it's, it's no secret that's where i was um so yeah i mean it hit me particularly hard yeah uh because was it a surprise it was a complete surprise okay for me it was a complete surprise so there are a number of things that uh, aligned at the same time that made it hard so okay. i had just done uh a series of transactions so we just done four hospitals yes and we had just put them together yeah. so it was really high I was, I was at a really high point um and after i'd done that i then went uh, to t- blow some steam off so mm-hmm. i went to the bush mm-hmm. I, I like spending a lot of time in the bush um and i was somewhere in samburu um i think i left on friday and then on a saturday we got uh, we got an email yeah from the head of the fund saying whatever guys whatever you do don't panic uh, okay. let's have a call at five mm-hmm. as soon as someone says that of course, <laughs> of course you panic. Yeah. what do you mean mm-hmm. don't panic mm-hmm. there's nothing else said yeah so then i google frantically and i see the story on the wall street journal yeah Um and then just out of interest what are you googling at this point <laughs> a branch a branch news <laughs> yeah. you know that, that kind of thing yeah because yeah. yeah. i'm thinking what's going on because he didn't explain yeah and then obviously because i was so remote i hadn't been seeing the text and things that had been flying it turned out that there'd been a lot flying uh so yeah so that then i just knew oh my this this is yeah. bad mm-hmm. this is really bad Um and so for me the law was that exploding because I yeah. I really thought we had something special I thought we were doing um something important especially from my fund which was the global the health, health fund yeah it was the first time anyone had put a billion dollars together mm-hmm. to improve healthcare and yeah. to provide high quality care at affordable price yeah. yeah so it was very important this mission yeah and that it went away yeah that devastated me yeah i think i think these things can can be surprising i mean mm. i remember even when we were in london and the recession hit yes and we had yes. i mean we had major plans as yeah. about to start being a, a lawyer in the city um and then oh, so you went in university five years ago <laughs> I mean, very, did you really have to go there? Did you? Very, did you sorry, have to? Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Fred. Okay. Um, wow. 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 There's always that guy. Fred is that guy. That's very funny. Um, and I just thought I was going to start working in the city, and then you know we were taken back a year. So that kind of that was nuts. I mean, I was at JP when the thing hit. Yes. And again, you're not really seeing the news and then I see a headline JP Morgan about to take over Bear Stearns. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? what? What are you people talking about? Yeah. And then we were called back to the office to now start doing work, modeling blah blah blah. So yeah, again, yeah. it just comes out of nowhere. It comes out of kicks you in the teeth. Okay, so we've learned so much already, but I want to know something that no one would know about you. Marami, keep it clean. He hasn't told us about his lows though. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let's go back to the lows. Oh, okay. I was hoping to skip that. No. <laughs> What a criminal. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Fred, for reminding me. Yeah, so I think my my lows again around people. Mm-hmm. Um many times we go into businesses or in businesses and we are hoping it's going to work out mm-hmm. and uh, it does not sometimes and uh, in some cases just you got to rationalize costs yeah. and then mm-hmm. it involves laying off people yeah those are the toughest decisions uh, yeah yeah those yeah when it doesn't work out yeah okay um let's go to what is the one thing that someone would be surprised to know about you okay i'm a sunday school teacher Seriously. Oh, wow, that's, <laughs> that's seriously cool. Yeah. As in for kids or for, <laughs> for adults or for <laughs> Yeah, not not good kids. <laughs> 
are human being children yeah. and actually teach uh, five to six year olds. Wow, I love That's that. That's super cool. Yeah. You would be the coolest Sunday school teacher. You know how it can be it can be dry material, but you need to like make it like interesting. That's yes. so cool. It's one way to blow off the madness of the entire week. Yeah. yeah. With the five to six year olds. And they must ask you like really intense oh, questions. Profound. That's profound. The very, very profound, profound things. questions. Yeah. 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 And they're just so open and they share Yeah. Yeah. And their 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 thoughts on what you've just told them exactly. and etc. Yes. Oh, and they're also very happy to contradict the yeah. teacher. Yeah. Fred, please keep yours in the same humble, <laughs> biblical, and clean. Tip. I mean, I could. <laughs> and I wouldn't be lying, but not not a Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. So mine is completely opposite. Mm-hmm. But although maybe people, depends on who would be surprised or not surprised. But uh, one of my other hobbies, apart from uh, sport, is uh, music. And uh, I DJ. Okay, let me let me put it like this. So our speciality, I'm, I'm part of a DJ crew. Oh, you're it's part of a crew Click, as well. Okay. Uh-huh. And our speciality is hip hop. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. So fine. that's that's what we do. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's very cool. Are we yeah. allowed to ask what his rates are? <laughs> Can you tell I, us I'm a party on Friday. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're expensive, especially for uh, managing partners at Centum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we can we can arrange a rate for. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, for those who share names. <laughs> I'm happy to. Boom Bap Click. Boom Bap Click. Yeah. Very Boom cool. Click. Okay, yeah. so anyone can, can Google mm. that. We're on Instagram, all that stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, very cool. This wow. is nice. Nice to know that we all have um, something else that we do apart from um, the work. Mm. But let's turn to the work now. Okay. And I just... I think people have different perceptions of what private equity is and what it means. So what is that private equity? Okay. So for me, my view of yeah. private equity, mm-hmm. it's really about supporting entrepreneurs mm-hmm. uh, in two ways. Uh, one is uh, many people will start up businesses. Uh, they'll be very successful in those businesses. Um, and I think the, the continuity of those businesses is dependent on other investors coming in yes. at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And if you started up a business and I think if people knew if I start up a business is going to die with me, there'd be fewer and fewer people starting businesses. Mm. Yes. But if they know there is continuity mm-hmm. coming, I think then people are willing to take the plunge. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that view. Yeah. Um Fred, what do you think? No, I think yeah, I think that captures it. Um you know, often when people hear private equity and we're talking about private private equity, people think it's about you know the doing deals and and all this kind of stuff. But it's really not. It's it's a craft for me. I think of it as a craft. So it's an apprenticeship business. You can't go to university to learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of it is exactly what uh, Maremi said. It's about helping entrepreneurs, business people, scale, helping them be successful. Um, and there are a number of things. So there's capital, of course, but then there's also experience, um, value creation, uh, access to networks, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the things that you said, Fred, that was very interesting is about the portfolio companies themselves. Yeah. yeah? And um, if a lot of people know that there's continuity yeah. uh, or anticipate continuity, they, they need to know how to manage the portfolio company to make it interesting for someone to come in, an yeah. investor to come in. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we always struggle with because when we look at the companies, the books and everything else may not be in the pristine way that a, an yeah. investor may may want um, to look at. So when, when you look at a portfolio company, your potential what do you look for exactly yeah so i think for us the at the basic of it is is this company able to generate cash yeah Uh, because many companies that we look at 
uh, they have products they're in the market they're selling uh, but they're not getting paid yeah so effectively they are funding their customers yeah so any business which is not able to generate cash and have cash in the and bank extract that cash. at the end of the day yeah mm-hmm. uh, it sounds very simple but surprisingly very many companies are in the business of funding their customers yeah. mm-hmm. rather than in the business of making money mm-hmm. so for us it's the first question is is this business actually generating cash, cash. Yeah. um Fred, for you yeah it's the same so the, the cash question is is a big deal for us um it's something we, we really take seriously and like Moremi says it's simple but you know, often the simple things are not easy um so yeah that's a big one and then the others are on management yeah. um we really care deeply about management we don't necessarily expect them to be perfect uh but you know it's things like integrity that for us is non-negotiable then an openness to learning and openness uh to sharing ambition um and you know guys guys who work hard and who, yeah. who really who really i've try. also seen that you you call it the zp way yeah um that's a social impact aspect of all your investments so what are you looking for when you're looking for a portfolio so it's companies that are really doing well commercially that's obviously really important um, because we are looking for a return mm-hmm. um, but at the same time what really excites us is that that aspect is married to what people these days call impact mm-hmm. um, I hesitate to to say that here because it means so many different things to so many different people yeah. um, and it's become a bit of a buzzword yes. uh, so Agreed. you know I, I try to play it down but I do feel, and my partners as well, um, we do feel a responsibility for where we operate, yeah. just because we're from here. Um, it's, it's not even that deep. So in the in the East African region. Yeah. So we want to see this region do well. We want um, to invest in businesses that help us in that mission. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a big part of the ZP way. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's go. You've you've now identified the the portfolio company, and you're now getting to the to the actual deal itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to talk about the. Genesis transaction because we worked on it together, Miami. Yeah. Um, we didn't sleep. We did a three-day, I think, uh, exercise mm. of trying to get the SBA signed. Yeah. And for me, the most interesting thing was, first of all, your determination to get it signed at yeah. any cost. You know, I don't care who leaves the room. Who doesn't <laughs> leave the room. And also the commercial considerations, yeah. which were a big factor. Yeah. And in fact, I remember you telling me, you know, you need to go back to your client, Jerry. <laughs> Ask the client what they want, yeah. um, because sometimes legal reasoning gets um, in the way of actual what the commercials yeah. are so it may not be important to the client sure. um, but it, it, it may be a legal point mm. yeah um, so tell us about that process and how you see that process what is the best kind of process yeah. for you okay super um, so uh, yeah so to the two, two 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 questions you raised so the first one as far as um, closing deals I believe in uh, striking it while it's hot mm. yeah uh, because sometimes if you drag it out there's too many lawyers in the room each of them wanting to show how clever they are. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that was not me. <laughs> no, <Excuse> of course <laughs> not. <laughs> so uh, once once you've sort of your oh, the parties are sure that we are doing this deal. Yeah. It's better to close it as quickly as possible because stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, things change. Um, I mean, we closed a deal. There's a deal we closed uh, November 2019. Uh, if we had waited another two, three months with COVID, exactly, yeah, nothing would have happened. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you got to accept what seems to be a non-ideal transaction in yeah. terms of transaction terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm a firm believer in the 80-20 principle. Once you've got 80% agreed, 
just close. Just, just close. The other 20%, like it's neither... It, yeah, we can debate it academically. But yeah. let's, let's just yeah. do nope. it. But let's just close. Yeah, strike it while it's Lawyers, I, I will say for myself, we want to perfect the document yeah. and get everything of pristine and nice and neat. Yes. And that's not always possible, but I like that's that. True. It's exactly. a very commercial approach. Exactly. Um, Fred? Um, yeah, I mean, so from, from our point of view and, and, well, from my experience, it's yeah, at the risk of being really boring, it's the same thing. You, you don't have to get every single detail right mm-hmm. um, I, I like what Moremi said you know strike while the iron is hot or when the deal is still when, when it can still be done mm-hmm. and it's true things change and it can be as simple as moods changing yeah. um, you know priorities changing yeah. because this is not the most important thing in the world that's happening yeah. for anyone right mm-hmm. so things things can change um, and as soon as you have parties that are willing to do it be practical uh, be commercial find a way to 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 get it done um but i think the, the other thing i would add is even when things get heated just keeping a cool head very cool uh head. you know and realizing look this is not the most important thing we're we're not saving the world we're yeah. not doing brain surgery <laughs> yeah everyone calm down it's not about i need to show that i'm the cleverest yeah. guy in the universe yeah. just everyone calm down um and remember that if this deal happens we're going to have to have a relationship post exactly. post, post so, all this. So, so if you if you find a portfolio company and you don't gel with the with the, you know the the founders or the people who will remain, because at the end of the day you're not buying a hundred percent. Yeah. What is your approach to that? Is it more important for the personalities to work than um, the actual deal itself? Oof. Um, I I'm not sure you can divorce the two. I'm not, I'm not sure it's either or or it's or it's binary. Um, for me, I think it's important for the personalities to gel, especially between the principals on the, on the PE side mm-hmm. and the principals on the company side. I think it's super important. So I think, um, at least for me in my deal making, a lot of time is just spent getting to know people. Getting to know people. Yeah. yeah. To understand, is, is this someone that I can live with? It, it is a marriage, really. It is. It is. Um, uh, I've actually thought, uh, you know, many times, many employers will do psychometric testing on their employees yeah. coming in. Yeah. <laughs> and his employer-employee relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think for in the PE space, I hope we can one day normalize. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, plus maybe marriages as well. Huh? <laughs> Especially marriages. <laughs> what? What? Who said that? <laughs> Fred, I think it's a very mermy. You have a happy marriage. <laughs> very, very happy. Very, very happy. Uh, Fred is the most Good save. bachelor in Nairobi. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mermi, what do you think? And I also want to understand from you, when you're looking at a, a, a transaction, what are the non-negotiables? Like, for example, is it a board seat uh, minimum that you must ask for? What What do you want to see for yourself uh, okay. on the on the deal? Okay, so so for me, it's uh, <clears throat> it's mainly around because for us, what we're chasing is return. Yeah. So, it's really a question of what what sense do I have mm-hmm. that the cash flows I'm expecting mm-hmm. will actually be generated and uh, delivered. Yeah. yeah. So it's really around the control of cash flows uh, is is a key. Now, how it, it will vary from deal to deal. Okay. In some cases, maybe I, uh, we do need control of the board, for instance. Mm-hmm. In some other cases, maybe I shouldn't even be on the board. Okay. Uh, I might be destroying value if I go on, onto the board. Yeah. So it's uh, really around, uh, particularly if you have a, a good management team, 
um, board meetings can be pretty much mm. f- formal affairs. How do you make that assessment though? Because you know it's, it's always very time restrained. Yeah. Yes. The transaction has happened, the due diligence is just telling you yeah. very uh, concrete information about the business itself but not yeah. about how it's run. Correct. How do you make that assessment? Yeah. So I think part of the due diligence really has got to be around assessing the people you're going to be entering into partnership yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if you're not getting a good sense of that you can trust the management um, then you've got to now build very many controls around that. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's when you look for board seats, you, go, you even want to approve budgets, you want mm-hmm. to even be signatories to the bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In some other cases, it's mm-hmm. a credible management team. Um, and you just wait for your dividend yeah. check. Let, let me ask for, for lawyers, because yeah. when we do a due diligence for you, and Fred, you can also answer this, we don't get into that kind of detail. Yeah. How can we help you as a PE, you know, the manager, mm-hmm. to get that understanding? Yeah. What can we do to improve our own delivery? Okay. So I, I think what, what lawyers could do in, the, in this whole process is uh, there's always a... I, I think... Once lawyers understand that we are in for return, mm-hmm. we're looking at the future, mm-hmm. where is the cash going to come from, mm-hmm. uh, then looking back and saying, okay, if we expect this company to be able to pay out a million shillings every year because they are going to be generating turnover of 10 million, and these are the expenses, etc. As you're going through the due diligence, it's then testing those assumptions. In the past, have they okay. done okay. this? Okay. So continuously testing the assumptions that the incoming investor is making. Okay, fine. So I think so, that, that's a very good question to yeah. ask at the beginning. What is yeah. your assumption on the business? Yes. I mean, for me, yeah. where I see lawyers really, really shining is when they themselves see themselves as beyond mere technicians. Yeah. Um, so it's not about contracts. It's not about due diligence checklists and that kind of thing. Um, what I find very valuable is a lawyer who's self-confident enough to think of themselves as a counselor to yeah. a client or an advisor. Yeah. So they take a wide view. Yes, we're going to do these documents. Yes, we're going to do this due diligence. But do you mind if I spend some time with this management team? Yeah. And then I can come and give you a sense of, of what they're all about. Because you, as lawyers, you've seen so many businesses. You've seen so many transactions. Um, and so if you're able to come and tell me, you know, something smells fishy about this guy, it's not going to show up in okay. any documents. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the way they comport themselves makes me feel nervous. Okay. Or the way they're responding to questions we're asking makes me feel like you'll have a problem with them once you're in. So and I think that's very important. The, yeah. yeah. For me, yeah. Look, and, that, and that's where this thing is going, right? Uh, with automation, AI, more and more the technical aspects are going to become less, less and less, less valuable. Yeah. 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 It's and nice actually, about the, the, the due diligence, we can reduce it to one page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can tell you, you know, these contracts need a change of control, so you will have to do this. Yeah. These are the number of employees. This, you know, we can tell you the rudimentary, but we yeah. can't get into the nitty gritty without mm. actually having that interaction. Yeah. Um, and getting to know, giving you more than just um, the, the technicals. Yeah. yeah. So that's very helpful, I think. So let's go into 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, you've predicted April 2021, Remy, for mm-hmm. um, the start of basically the year mm-hmm. um, or financial years. Yes. Yeah. Um, is what are your predictions for what it will look like after April? Yeah. 
Um, okay, so um, of course now we, we are just getting the news of a new variant. Yeah. So I don't know whether that extends yeah. this pandemic runway even further out. We also have news that um, the variant is, is is going to be is going to work for the vaccine. Yes. Or at least you know they're saying that it will work. Or rather, so the vaccine will work for the exactly. Yes. Okay. So it may not be yeah, as, as bad. bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so. Um, um, so assuming the vaccine works and is widely distributed as we anticipate, then we should begin seeing uh, recovery mm-hmm. uh, of, uh, of uh, economic activity. Do you think quick recovery or a slow burn? Um, so it's likely for, my, my view is particularly in, uh, in developing economies, and again just going back to history, mm-hmm. whenever we've had a crisis, viral pandemic or uh, economic crisis or the like, uh, developing economies take a, a while longer to, yeah. than the developed yeah. and typically it's been developed economies would be typically a year later mm-hmm. uh, developing economies is another year after okay, the, the developed economies okay. so we may continue to see subdued economic activity probably until 2022 okay perhaps Fred? that's my working assumption yeah 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 Fred? I mean so for me the things I've been reading uh, suggest at least for East Africa which is for us that's uh, really where we operate the consensus forecast seems to be that growth will really rebound quickly quickly yeah that but I'm like Fred I'm quite skeptical um, and even if it does and when they talk about growth they're really talking about things like GDP mm. but how does GDP translate to cash uh, from a portfolio company point of view or indeed food on people's plates yeah. so yeah yeah I mean yay for uh, GDP growth it, it helps us with our documents when we're going fundraising <laughs> for, um, fundraising yeah, yeah. yeah it's wonderful but I think from a portfolio company point of view um, yeah it's probably going to be a slow burn we were fortunate in in our situation um, from the point of view where all our portfolio companies so far this year performed better than they did last year that's amazing well but they didn't perform as well as the budgets that we had set mm-hmm. um, had anticipated so yeah there's still some underperformance from from that point of view yeah um, and I think we're going to be here for a while I think it's a uh, yeah. 2022 but Murami after after all of that research yeah isn't the lesson for us to be self-reliant and not reliant on developing nation, developed nations so that yeah. we can then um, be prepared for the next pandemic? Yeah. We need to be building our own infrastructures. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, if I took a very, um, uh, maybe not pessimistic view, yeah. uh, but uh, if I took a view that uh, there's of course a lot of interest in Africa, there's a lot of interest in developing economies. Yeah. The question is, will the developed or other countries allow us to flourish as we should? Okay, that's a very interesting. Yeah. So you think that they're holding us back? I think, speaking purely economically, that's fine. There is good reason mm-hmm. for them, for to, hold them yeah. to want to hold us back. That's a very interesting uh, point, yeah. um, and I think we don't we're not helping ourselves really in like governmental governance structures in order for us to propel ourselves further but the private sector can do a lot about that can't it the, I, I think the private Centum sector particularly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Centum. Yes, <laughs> I, I can assure you, us and many of us uh, are doing everything possible. Yeah. Uh, of course, because we are here, we are invested in the economy yeah. and we yeah. all want to see the, yeah. the economy uh, growing and booming. Uh, so I think we are 
pretty much doing as much as we can. And of course, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Uh, but we do need to have conversations. Private sector, government, our political leaders, yeah. people of goodwill, because there's many international, even in the developed mm. countries, True. True. who are people of goodwill and want and to want see to us see uh, flourish, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we all need to work together at, at this. Well, let's hope for the best. I mean, definitely what Fred is on the opposite side of you, so <laughs> one of you will be right and we will see. Obviously, I we, we all hope, you know, for, for lawyers particularly, for a quick recovery, which yeah. means um, better and bigger transactions yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the diversification of the type of investment, so for example, pipes, yeah, mm. is that something that you guys are looking at as well? Um, from our point of view, it's it's not really in our mandate. Um, I think I think they're interesting. I think there's certainly something, um, yeah, something to pursue there. Um, you, you know, we're fortunate. You know, we've just been speaking about how hard it is for us, um, or, or the, can, the, the the kinds of challenges that exist for us, given where we're operating. But on the other side of the coin, it also means the opportunity is much larger. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still. I still laugh about all the hoopla and euphoria around Africa rising and what actually happened with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It hasn't. It hasn't really lived up to all the euphoria. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that the opportunity isn't there. Yeah. It just means it's more difficult. Yeah. Um, so for me, from my point of view, even though our mandate specifically doesn't. Uh, allow us to do things like pipes or real estate or whatever i think systemically there's a huge opportunity and uh, yeah yeah the more people who come and do it the better i think different assets classes different yeah what about you yeah well so so for us thankfully we've got a pretty wide mandate yeah and um i'd say perhaps in terms of possibly any sector that one wants to be in um you can't ignore the so airlines uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's park that for a while <laughs> you can't as an investor you can't ignore yeah. what's happening because yeah. in many cases those are the largest entities in any sector mm-hmm. they are dominant they have a strong market position yes. mm-hmm. and from a return point of view from also just growing the economy growing the sector Sometimes there is a case for making an investment in a, in a public entity already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then looking to and grow. And raising small. that standard yeah. because sometimes you know that public sector element means yeah. that um, there's a lack of string- the stringentness that mm. private equity can bring to yeah. to that uh, kind of investment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 2021. Let's package it in one word. What's your word, uh, Fred? 2021. Um, resilience. Mm-hmm. I really think we still have to be resilient. Um, keep an eye on things. It's it's not it's not on off and suddenly now we're winning again. Yeah. So I think yeah we we have to be resilient in mind and in spirit to to be ready to fight. I think we we still need to fight. To fight. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much the same for me. It's a one phrase is we are not out of the woods yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, both from a public health point of view. Mm. Also and also economic activity. Economic. We are not out of the woods yet, so I think there's a good, there's a good case to make that let's continue to be conservative, mm-hmm. mm. both in terms of how we interact with people yeah. from a public health point of view, yeah. but also for businesses that they're projecting, let's continue to mm. be conservative, particularly around how we spend, how we invest, because yeah, we yeah. might be in this season for for a while a few more months yeah yeah well we'll see how it goes and we'll yeah. keep in touch and thank you so much for joining 
uh, me on the podcast. It's Thank been you. so great. It's been so funny, like I like I expected. <laughs> Thank you for bringing your best selves. Oh, yes. See you in court. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you.